the smart thing and more interesting thing to do with the shows. Let's go straight to business. Like let's let's conquer the world together. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Welcome to the One Above All, the Superior Hero Shows podcast covering the MCU. I'm Daryl. I'm Sean. And today is just a two-man show. Um, Soto's taking a week off. Tati's taking a week off as well. But we've got six weeks in between this finale and the beginning of Loki, so I'm guessing both of them will probably be on next week. But since it's just me and Sean, Sean, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm feeling good. Today was a beautiful day. Rained a little bit, but can't complain. Word, that's what's up. I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good, too. All right. And before we get into the season or series finale of the Falcon and Winter Soldier, we got a couple headlines like always. At the top of it, Disney and Sony have struck a new deal to bring the Spider-Man movies, among other films, to Disney Plus. Now, what do we think that this could possibly mean in relations to the MCU? All right. My guess is from from the from the initial deal when they signed when they made the movies. I think Marvel's actually helping them make these movies. Yeah, they're going to Marvel Studios and they're putting their input in Morbius Venom. Like they're helping them create this world so these these this world can tie into theirs. Otherwise we'll be the point of signing a big deal like this if you just for only on Spider-Man movies. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's kind of like what I have th- thinking mm-hmm. uh, going on right now because Tom Holland signed that contract back in September and it was for one appearance in a Marvel Studios film and then a solo movie, which is Spider-Man No Way Home. Now, what I'm thinking is, in spite, well, because, it's because of this deal, um, I'm thinking that in at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home, Peter may get lost in the multiverse. So bringing in the Sony movies as a part of this deal, he's going to go into the world of Venom and Morbius and whatever else they have coming out. And then I think that that MCU appearance that he signed is going to be his return. I agree with that. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of feel like that's where we're headed as far as Peter's story is and how he factors into this whole deal, because they're saying that it's going to be the Sam Raimi movies, the Mark Webb movies, Tom Holland's Spider-Man movies or, or John Watts movies um, mm. and then the Venom movies and all of that as well. So mm. I'm definitely thinking that this deal is to make all of that canon. So when does this deal take effect? Like when do, when do we think these movies going to come to Disney plus? Well, they said that they're not coming like this summer. They said that the, yeah. they said that in June, that's the first time that whatever's going to Hulu, Hulu can start mm-hmm. streaming. But they said that okay. the Spider-Man movies and all that stuff, it probably won't be until, like, next year. It'll mm-hmm. be that, and it'll be Into the Spider-Verse and all of that stuff. Now, I wonder, is it all Sony movies proper? Like you said, because Disney, Disney owns Hulu. So is it all Sony movies proper? Like, Sony's just going to bring all of their movies to Disney itself. Like, we'll have the Spider-Man, the Venom, and all that on Disney Plus for that universe. But what about everything else Sony makes? Is that going to Hulu? Some of it's going to go to Disney Plus because they did mention the Jumanji films. They did mm-hmm. mention a couple of the other ones as well. So it's definitely, they're going to spread them out on Hulu and Disney got, Plus. Yeah, because I must say, we got Uncharted coming out. We got, we got some things coming out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A whole bunch of things. A whole bunch of things. Yeah. All right. Now, next bit of news Amelia Clark, um, Daenerys Targaryen from Game of My Thrones, bill. is going to show up in Secret Invasion. 
character we don't know yet. I'm hoping that it's one character in particular. Sean, you said you had two characters that could possibly be? I said Abigail Brand, and I got Tyler's daughter. Tyler's daughter, okay. Now, Abigail Brand, I'm on... But we talked about this off-camera, and Barack would be a great role for her to fit in, because they'll be like that Danny Targaryen's role. Like she's used to already. True. Well, I mean, Talos' daughter could end up being Veronica. True. But you already said who I hope it is, Abigail Brand. I, I don't care about anyone else. All I want is Abigail Brand. We got Sword. Uh, we, we've got Fox, so we can have mutants now. Give me Abigail Brand. That's the only person I want her to be. Dye her hair green. Yeah, I would think Danny going to look the green hair. Like, Oh, yeah. I, I love her with that blonde. I'm looking at the picture right now. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, green hair and shades. Give it to her. I got a poster of her, a poster of her in my room. Who the the mother of dragons? Of course. Like who else? I'm Team Danny all day. <laughs> and the last bit of news: Russell Crowe in an interview confirmed who he's been cast as in Thor: Love and Thunder. He says he's going to be showing up as Zeus. Um, how do we feel about that? He's, he's cannon fodder. I love it, but he's cannon fodder. He's cannon fodder. So we think Gore is hey, coming. Gore is going to slaughter him. Okay. Okay. Like we, we need now, some. We need some gods for Gore to slaughter, so it can be. It can be a movie like Gore the God Butcher. Like he needs to come slaughter, butcher some gods. So then he's going to deal with Thor and um Jane Foster and all and all that. Okay. Okay. Now, since Russell Crowe confirmed he's playing Zeus, and Buck had mentioned this, do we think Hercules is going to pop it's, up? It's, it's, it's a possibility. Like it's in the, it's in the, it's in the world. Okay. Okay, so I mean, if Zeus is around, Hercules like, is is around. Somewhere. It doesn't mean Hercules is going to show up in Thor, but there's a possibility that he can just show up in any other future movie because we have Zeus. But okay. we got the Olympians in DC and in Marvel. There are characters that because they're Greek mythology that no one actually has rights to. <laughs> ah, true, true. Yeah, they're they're what are they called? Public domain. Yeah, they're public domain. Yeah, Greek, Norse, all of them. Yeah, because, like, Thor is popping up heavy in Wonder Woman comics right now. Thor and Odin. It's crazy. It's so weird. All right, I think that's all the headlines. Um, You ready to jump into F&Dubs Episode 6, One World, One People? Let's get it. Cool, cool, cool. All right, 1 through 10, what did you think about the episode? Since 7s don't exist, I'm going to rate this at 11. And 11 because 7s don't exist. Yeah, because 7s <laughs> don't exist. I'm going to rate this an 11. Okay, okay. So what would you like about the episode? Tell me about it. What didn't I like about the episode? The episode to me was like a fulfillment of a promise. Like, we got a new cat. It was more lines in that in this show that were powerful, that made you think, that pulled at your heartstrings. And probably almost anything I've watched in Marvel, period. Like, this was an emotional episode. Like, a few tears okay. came to my eyes. Okay. Like, I, the villain... You can relate to the villain. You understand that purpose. You understand why. You don't agree with how they're doing, how they're going about it, but you know, you understand. You're like, all right, I get it. Like, we live in a world where, in all honesty, we can do better. Facts. And you the fact can. that we're, and the fact that we're not, it it can. is kind of heartbreaking when you do look at when you do look at the world and you look at reality. You're like, yo, damn. Like, we got all this food, but people go to bed hungry. We got all these homes, but people are homeless. Like, what are we doing to make the situation better? Yo, I was driving through Longport like a week ago. You know, nobody lives in Longport from like September until April. Bruh, all those empty houses. I'm I'm driving and I'm like, yo, there's people homeless. 
and it's all these houses. Yeah. Like, I yeah. get it. People make money. They can buy their summer homes and everything like that. I understand that. Yeah. But it's like, we shouldn't have a homeless problem if there's so many homes here. It's just like, you know um, what California, uh, California judges did? Mm-mm. He just ordered He just ordered L.A., basic mayor, the governor, all of them. He just ordered them that they have to shel- they have to shelter all the homeless in L.A. In the whole county. Yep. So that whole what was it called? Um, I was just talking about it. Skid Row. Yeah. That whole Skid Row because L.A. has close to seventy thousand seventy thousand people homeless living in the area. Like you can't even cross the roads because there's so many homeless people. Like that whole area is thirty some blocks of just poverty. And you're like, yo, no, no, this is ridiculous. This should be taken care of, and you have to October. Damn, damn. Hey, get to it. Shit. But you got to look at it like this. Fixing that problem, how better L.A. is going to be. Oh, yeah. I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Bro, we got Tent City. Tent City? Explain that for the people listening. Tent City is, you go downtown Jacksonville, you see it every time you're driving to this football stadium, have a good time, you just see a whole area full of tents. It's homeless people. Like, downtown Jacksonville has a huge homeless problem, and Jacksonville is a beautiful city. Downtown is a beautiful city. But you fix up the homeless problem, how much money you can bring back into the city. Because people will be more willing to do business. Word. True. So, like, this episode brought a lot of that full circle for me. And don't get it twisted. I know some of these people, they want to be like that. This, This is their, like, they don't want anything better. This is this is how they want to live their life. But a lot, for a good majority of them, they're a victim of circumstances. Definitely, definitely. The people that are homeless and the people in the show that got snapped away. And, yeah, facts. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. Facts. Well, uh, myself personally, I give this episode on a scale from 110. Ooh. Why don't sevens exist? Because Kevin Samuel said so. Yeah, Kevin Samuel said because sevens is okay. a safe number. Okay, then sevens don't then exist. I, I give the episode an eight. I give the episode an eight. It was for me personally. It was wild, uneven. There were and there were some illogical choices that some of the characters made, where I was just like, "What?" But like you said before, it delivered on the promise. Like the 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 premise of this show was. Sam Wilson will become Captain America. And in this episode, Sam Wilson became Captain America. And from the time mm-hmm. we see him burst through that glass <laughs> until mm-hmm. the very end, I could not stop smiling. I cried like three times. <laughs> um, super powerful. Super powerful. It was everything around yeah. him that I was just like, eh, about. But for for Sam himself and the best part of this entire series has been uh, Isaiah Bradley. The entire series. That's the best thing to come out of this. And it delivered. This episode delivered on the fronts of those two characters. Definitely. Definitely. Um, we ready to break this episode down and talk about it a little bit more? Let's break it. Word. All right. So let me do a quick recap. So. The GRC is on lockdown as our heroes arrive for the final confrontation. Sharon and Bucky assess the situation from the outside, while the people on the inside get their first look at the new true Sentinel in red, white, and blue. Walker joins the party to get his hands on Carly as her turn to the dark side gets more drastic by the minute. 
As expected, Sharon reveals herself to be this universe's version of the power broker and murders Batroc and Carly before they can idea, but before Sam tries one last time to save the misguided Miss Morgenthau. Our new Captain America delivers a speech for all the worlds in this multiverse that strikes a chord with the world's first black super soldier. As Walker is dubbed the U.S. agent, Bucky settles things with Yuri, and Sam has a conversation with Isaiah that elevates the mantle of Captain America higher than it's ever been. So, episode starts off with the GRC on lockdown. Carly's troops seem to need more convincing to join her cause, which doesn't make sense to me because this is the finale. They should be super in on the cause by the time we get here. Yeah, but at the same time, you you said it. You just said it. Dark, turn to dark side got more drastic. Okay. All right. It goes back to what was like episode three when she killed those people that her one her right hand man was questioning her. He wasn't with it. So they know that if they push this envelope, what's going to happen? Like, they don't want to die. They want change, but they don't want to sacrifice their lives. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I can see that. Because, and you know what? It becomes clear when later on in the episode, when they do their whole, she says one world, and they don't say anything. And then she says it again, and then it's one people. But it's it's not one people in unison like it has been before. It's yeah. one people here, one people there, one people there. So they're not one people anymore. Um, it's like they're being strong arm. Right, right. Yeah. Carly's. I, I mean, her turn to the dark side hasn't made sense this entire series. I mean, turn into the dark side has made sense, but how fast it's happened hasn't made sense. So right. we, we can't blame it on her. We got to blame it on the pacing of the show because it's only six episodes. Six hour long episodes, though. Yeah, six hour long episodes. So they could have. But but it's like a lot you got to fit in. If you, like, I know some things that you didn't like, you probably would have cut out, girl. But within the time frame of how we got everything, you they had to fit a lot in. Yeah, true. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like. I, I, I don't know. I feel like. For for the way that WandaVision ended and the way that this ended, I kind of feel like the pandemic affected the production of these series. You know? It definitely did. I kind of feel like had that not happened, these stories would have been more robust and more fulfilling. Um, I don't know. I just feel like something's missing. I just feel like something's missing. Me and you had a, me and you had a conversation before. And that's what I said. I, th- I feel like my theory... One of my theories were at the end of this series, we were supposed to, uh, they already said, I already believe they confirmed that Manila, um, the new black widow was supposed to be in this. And I said that Zemo was going to get recruited for the Thunderbolts, but because the way COVID happened, they had to change some things up and they didn't want to bring the new black widow into here about introducing her first into the black widow movie. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, yeah, because this would have, this would have preceded, uh, well, Black Widow would have preceded this, had everything gone according to the original plan. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I could see that. How about Bucky getting wild respect in the streets? Like, he just shows up and they're like Sergeant Barnes and moves to the side. My man was a POW. What'd you expect? <laughs> yeah, that shit was crazy. I was like, all right. And then Sharon Carter just unmasking in public. Like, yeah, at that point, I was like, she's a power broker. Yeah, facts. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I'm definitely like, she, power broker. I'm like, she, 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 she's too nauseous. 
about all this shit right now. Yeah, yeah. She she took it off, and then she told Bucky, "Relax, no one's looking for me here." Yeah, like, oh, okay, all right. You're you're been kicked out of the country. You're a fugitive, but nobody's looking for you here. You be smirched to Carter name. Yeah, right. Shit, and then you get all these these politicians there, and I'm sure they know who you are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Sharon Carter just didn't really give a rat's ass. All right, now this is the part I really want to talk about. Captain America. All right. That entrance, first off, was dope. When he throws the shield into the building, it hits the flag smasher and bounces back, and then he catches it as he's coming into the into the room through the window, does a flip, and then you see him with the red, white, and blue as the wings go back in. I saw he was getting some new wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got he got more than new wings. Shit. That whole suit has to be vibranium because he was taking some damage. Probably. I don't know. It's it's gotta be. Bruh. He he was getting shot at. I want to say that did the helicopter blades hit him at one point and knock him into those, knock him into like that that uh, shipping area. I gotta rewatch it. Yeah, yeah. He, he was he was taking some hits. He was taking some hits. I don't think the, I don't think the blades hit him. Something hit him. But what did you think about the new suit? I loved it. It looked good on. Okay. Him. I'm trying to find the words for it, but it looked good on him. Right. Like, it looked clean. It looked crisp. Right. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. It get. It, it, it gave me that Captain America Winter Soldier vibe in the beginning with Captain um, in the dark suit. Bro, I love that shit. I'm like, yeah, this yeah, is legit. Yeah, yeah. The 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 star part of uh, Sam's suit now. Yeah, it looks yeah. just like the the shield suit that Cap had. Um, yeah, it, it's it's ripped straight out of the comics. Straight out of the comics. I've had a shirt uh, that I've been sitting on for like a year now of Captain America Sam Wilson. And I'm I'm like I can finally wear it now, um, yeah. It was so so satisfying seeing him in the suit. I really like that. As soon as he comes in and and he's assessing the situation, guy walks up to him. And he's like, "I'm sorry, wait, who are you?" And just real easy, nonchalant about it. Just I'm Captain America, and then he keeps going. You know, he's not explaining shit. It's I've accepted it. This is who I am. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, Sam's got to learn how to fight because Batroc was fucking him up. Yeah. But he's, but, but I mean, it was just great to see him finally after all this time. After really, it's been, we've been waiting for this moment for like two years. We've been waiting for this since Steve handed him the shield at the end of Endgame, more so than just these last six episodes of this series. And, it was it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, but he just can't fight. Like, what the fuck, Sam? Like, <laughs> damn. Damn, he's gotta learn. He's gotta learn. Man, backtrack the leaper, buddy. True. True. But like he see, this him is, and Cat had a decent a decent brawl. Sam was just Cat was just on on the juice. True. I mean well, Cat beat the shit out of him. As soon as Cat put the shield away and took uh-huh. the mask, took the helmet off. He fucked Bad Truck up. That's what I'm saying. I don't think Cap has lost a fight hand to hand yet. Damn. Now we gotta think about this for a second. I don't think he's lost a hand to hand fight in the entire MCU. No, I don't it's think crazy. so either. It's crazy. Nah. Yeah. Thanos fucking <laughs> Oh, Thanos. Okay. I mean <laughs> other than that. Thanos in on some secret house. <laughs> Damn. Did you notice when Sharon and Bucky walk into the GRC building, the gun that Sharon's holding sets off the metal detector, but Bucky's vibranium arm doesn't? 
Yeah. Walks right through. Nothing. And then she walks through and it goes off. It's vibranium. And then Bucky's taking... Yeah, vibranium. And then Bucky's taking phone calls from random people. Like, I was like... She was just like, Mr. Barnes, here's the phone. It's Carly. And he just takes it and just starts talking to her. I'm like, yo, you're not going to ask, who are you? Like, why are you handing me this phone? Because Bucky knows the situation. He know what it is. He's like, all right, let's get this going. Like, hey, you, you... Carly, I'm here for you. Let's get this going. Let's let's talk. Yeah, but see, it's like it's like at that. What's the deal? Like, I, I ain't got nothing to say to you. Carly wants to talk. Let's talk. But see, he was walking down the steps because he was like, "All right, I'm gonna handle evac." He knew what his job was, but then he's like, "I'm gonna take this phone call and I'm gonna stand here and not handle evac to talk to you." And that's why Sharon's like, "Bucky, you had one job, <laughs> like." He completely whiffed on that. But Sharon probably had fucking alternative motives. Oh, of course she did. You know she did. You know she did. So, Cap in pursuit of that chopper. Um, We got a Wakandan Red Wing, which I'm guessing is unbreakable now. Yeah, we talked about this before. If everybody get vibranium, I think that's going to decrease the value of Marvel. Well, all right. It makes sense for Sam to have it. If Bucky's his mans. You know what I mean? It makes sense for him to have it. True. Who, who else is going to get vibranium, though? Like, Sam has it. Bucky has it. The Wakandans. Mm. I don't think... Uh, I don't think... Rhodey's going to get vibranium. Thor is not using it. He's got, like, Uru and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Pete's not getting vibranium. You don't know, man. Pete with vibranium? Yeah. You may go hook up with Sherry. Oh, man. Hey. Here's a vibranium spidey suit. Shoot. I mean, he's already got nanotech. You can wear it around your neck. Damn. Yeah, they write it in the comics. It's going to happen in the movies. Huh. That's that's how it is? Shit. Yeah. Shoot. Sam got some dope hero moments during that whole uh, flying pursuit of the chopper. Like, the one where he where he catches the two pilots, and then he they land on the bridge. And then he uses the shield and the wings to deflect the helicopter. That was legit. That that whole scene was legit. Like, right? The the whole chase scene, right? I'm a fan of this director. Uh uh Kari Skoglin. Yeah, I'm a fan. Like, she's made me a fan. Right. She's pretty good. She's pretty good. Like she showed me I feel like she can direct a big budget movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I definitely think so. Um yeah, a lot of dope hero moments for Sam. It was it was almost like Spider Man esque because I'm trying to think what other hero have we seen, especially in the MCU. They seem to like really focus on the heroes and not really the people and the way that the heroes affect them. So Sam in this was, was really cool because you see him saving people and people are cheering and it, it's cool. Cause you now you know how the people feel about him. And that's something that yeah. we really didn't see in the, we really didn't see, I would say past probably age of Ultron. After that, we don't know how the public feels about these guys. Um, aside from like a scene in Thor where people want selfies with him, but like it was, it's real dope. It's real dope to see um, Sam have these moments, moments that the regular Captain America, Steve Rogers, didn't really have, which was kind of crazy. Steve Rogers was real private, very, very. Like he was open with his friends and like the like the Avengers, but. And other than that, he was real private. Like, 
Yeah, as I said, he never he never allowed the government to use him as a tool. Nah, nah, but I don't think Sam is either. No, I'm not saying Sam. It, I'm not saying Sam is, but I'm just saying like that's why Steve Rogers was never in the in the limelight. Period. Like you look at Agent um U.S. Agent Captain America, the like once the once they got the shield back, you got no wrong. They did use Captain America as as a tool in the beginning. Oh, in the beginning, most definitely. Most of them. Yeah. He was all propaganda. But he defied him. He was like, nah, I'm doing something else. Yeah. And then John Walker, who I want to talk about next, since you brought him up. I feel like this is the tragedy of John Walker. Um, yeah, he he not embraced the propaganda part of being Captain America. Mm-hmm. He understood that it was a part of the job. And and Lamar yeah. helped him understand that it was a part of the job. And he went along with it. Um, in a way, Steve Rogers didn't really. Um, yeah. But, yeah, this episode, I, I'd say it's tragic for John Walker because up until this episode, John Walker was, even though I didn't like him as Captain America, he was a great character, super interesting and layered. And, yes. And when he shows up to this fight, he's on a mission. You know, he's there to fuck Carly up, and that's it. And and I thought I was seeking destroy facts, and then they have this little exchange, and um, where Carly's like, "I didn't mean to kill your friend. Uh, I, I it's never been my goal to kill anyone whose life doesn't matter." And then he he responds, "You don't think Lamar's life mattered?" And I'm like, "You could Bro. just insert black." Um, <laughs> I was thinking that myself. I was like, "Oh wait." Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, I was like, just insert black. And and, and it's crazy because <laughs> until that very moment, I had never looked at that scene and thought, oh, Carly's a white girl killing a black man. Never thought that. But then, <laughs> you know, but then this happened and then it's like, oh, okay, I guess I was supposed to think that. Um, <laughs> so that part was ridiculous. But um, the, the part that got me, the part that really, really got me was... When when John Walker saves those people in that truck, I think that's when the entire makeup of the character just went completely out of the window. Because from that point forward, he is super buddy-buddy with Bucky. He just accepts him being Captain America. You know, like all his passion that he had for the title seems to be gone. It was it was real drastic for me. Like, as, as drastic as Carly turned to the dark side, John Walker became just this acceptable character and nobody even questioned him being out there or anything. All the governments are just like, okay, like the fuck it's it's crazy. Um, I, I just, I didn't like the treatment that he got in this episode. You got to remember this. The government wanted John Walker to do that. The whole point is he did it in public. Facts, yeah, they definitely want him to do it. Yeah, it was just just in public, right, right. So when he was when the when they were attacking him, they didn't care at that point. They're like, John Walker can do the fuck you want to do. We're on American soil now, but for public eye, they had to do that. But when it went down and it, their ass was on the fucking burner, they didn't care. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know. His whole lazy writing. Yeah. Lazy writing. His whole attitude too. Cause it's like, where's the guy that was telling Sam, I am Captain America. And then telling the people at the hearing, I am Captain America. And now you're like, all right, Sam's Captain America. I'm just going to go help Bucky capture these guys with this act and not really fight anybody, even though I'm here to fuck Carly up. You know, it's just, he, it was just wild and consistent with him. And that, that kind of like blew my shit. Cause I really enjoyed this character for five episodes. Um, but yeah, they, they, they killed me with that. They killed me. This is one of the things that, that brought my score down. It's like, yeah, he, I see where you're coming from. Cause he kind of went from good, bad, good. Yeah. Yeah. It's quicker than what Carly way quicker, way quicker, way quicker. You want to talk about the power broker? Oh man, Sharon, 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 <laughs> Sharon Carter, power broker. I mean, like we we seen it coming. We all did. We 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 seen it. Like I said that in the in initially when they went to Madripoor, I'm like, how the hell did Sharon get there so damn fast? Yeah, unless she wasn't a power broker. Yeah, like, I, like there's no way in hell. Like if you're just a art salesman in, in the Madripoor that you would have knew that was going down that fast. Right. She was you've on seen Zemo on camera. you seen Sam. you seen Bucky. You allow that to happen. And then you and then when she was about to talk, she's like, let me get rid of her real quick. Put this bitch say something. Yep. Wait, we've seen it coming, but it, like I don't feel like she's a villain that I don't like. like. I like Carly more than I, I think I like Sharon Carter as a villain. Because what reasons does Sharon Carter have like I like a villain that's if you're gonna be evil, at least have, be purposeful evil. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm kind of like, what's what's her mo? Like, what is the point of everything that yeah, Sharon what, is doing? Yeah, what's her, what's her end game? Like, what what is it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, her her being a power broker and and um getting the pardon at the end. I would say, is she gonna be involved in armor wars? Possibility. But, and I recant what I said earlier, she besmirched the Carter name. Yeah, that she has. It's a name that's always been synonymous with, what, trust in something else. Yeah, I mean, she kills Batroc, she kills Carly, the only people that can ID her as the power broker. She, uh, she extends an olive branch to Carly first, though, and Carly rejects her. Do you think that like Sharon's plans changed as soon as Carly was like, nah, I'm not with it? Or do you think that she was gonna kill Carly anyway? I think some plans changed. Okay. Because Carly's right. She did need muscle. She did. And then she with them did. and then with being super soldiers, she could have used that. True. True. Definitely. But when she realized that it wasn't gonna work, then she was like, I gotta kill her. Yeah, she can identify me. Yeah, she's she had to go, she had to go. Yeah, just like just like it's got me thinking. It's it's got me thinking that Sharon didn't intend for uh, what's his name to get killed? The doctor. No, doctor. Uh, what's his name? Goodness, his name escapes me. Yeah, I don't think Sharon meant for him to die. Yeah, like that was strictly Zemo being Zemo, like. Let's get rid of this super soldier shit. He knows how to make it. Get him out of here. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think. But do you think the doctor could have ID Sharon? Because Sharon was know. running Sharon into probably, that room. 
is a man with many faces. Hey, she can have someone. Probably, yeah, that's that's the vibe I'm getting. Go make all these deals while she's in the background. Yeah, she could she could send somebody to say that they're the power broker, and it's her the whole time. On some uh, Ducard, Rachel Ghoul shit from Batman Begins. Or they just work for the power broker. Or they represent right. the power broker. Yeah. Like like my man Sonny Birch and the Benefactor and Ant Man. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Um so after Carly gets killed, Sam cradles her and takes her out to the public and then gives this speech that uh I, I say it's it's what the speech that he gives is what separates him from everybody else that is Captain America. Like I had seen something. It was like Steve Rogers is what America thinks it is, wants people to believe it is. John Walker is what America really is. And Sam Wilson is what America can be. And that's it was real interesting because, like, as I'm watching Sam give this speech, like, in my head the whole time, first I'm crying. And uh-huh. in my head this whole time, I'm like, Steve never made speeches like this. Like Steve, Steve made his speeches, but this was a different type of speech for Sam. And it's like, Steve was a captain America that was built out of conflict. And he was more of like a protector. Like Steve was all about that action. He wasn't doing nothing else, but fighting. Whereas Sam is more like a cat built for justice. You know, he's here for, for more than just to fight the regular fights for us. He's here to do so much more. And and I think that's what really um, puts him on another level. He can do more with the shield than Steve Rogers ever could, you know, because he has because he has to do so much more with it. You know, it's it's that, I mean, but the speech uh, it, it's basically the speech that that all people are having towards today's governments, especially about making decisions on our behalf, like without any of our input. And, and Sam really shines a light on that, which makes me ask you the question. Um, do you think that Marvel studios could be successful without incorporating real world issues into their projects? It's hard to say because even the comics is like, and underlying there's real world issues. Yeah. So it was like, all they do is reflect sometimes the state of the world, the state of society. You got to make it relatable. Say sometimes True. it's uncomfortable conversations, but some conversations are sometimes meant to be had. Yeah, at the end of the day, they have to be had. Yeah, because even with the Isaiah Bradley stuff and, and now we have Sam, and yeah, it touches on so many things that are so relevant to the world today that I, I feel like... They, I feel like they're not afforded the same luxury DC is, and, but I still, and to that point, DC doesn't even utilize it. Or maybe that's a benefit that Marvel has that DC doesn't. Maybe, maybe DC being set in these fictional cities is a deterrent to their success because Marvel can relate to you, whereas DC, like, I can't relate to Metropolis because I can't find it on the map. You know, I don't know people from it. So, so maybe, maybe that's what the benefit Marvel has is that most of their shit happens in New York city and we all can find all these places, you know, like it's been times where I've walked in the city and I'm like, Oh, this is where Avengers tower would be. This is where the Wakandan embassy would be. 
You know, you can find these places, but you can't do that with DC. Can't do it at all. So maybe real world is is a super, super major benefit to Marvel's success. Um, how about the almost complete eradication of the super soldiers? Thanks to uh, Zemo. Zemo is the man. Just reading his book in the raft. Yeah, I said, man, he's gonna be in the Thunderbolts, calling it like Zemo's the man. Like he, how, how, how you can be a pop, you can be a G from from the raft, and and what gets something like that to happen? Yeah, he he had his Alfred blow them up. <laughs> like there are no super soldiers no more. But Isaiah Bradley and Bucky and John Walker. Yep. That's all that's left because Zemo wasn't having it. Because Captain America, because Steve Rogers is on the moon. Is he? That's where he is? Could be, man. That's the rumor. On the moon. Like, why the moon, though? Like, (laughs) original sin. Of all places. Original sin. Oh, man. (laughs) Damn. Man, Soto's not on this episode to talk about it. That's one of my favorite. He's been he's been he's been calling original sin for like three years. That's one of my favorite series. Original sin's good. Original sin's good. I mean, I they've got the projects lined up to to march towards that. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. How would you feel about the birth of U.S. agent? A little cheesy. Yeah, yeah. I felt the same way. I thought it was kind of underwhelming. It's like Walker was like a little kid just happy to be back in the game. I'm back, baby. I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's that's a that's more of the John Walker that I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Like, five episodes, the previous five, he was super edgy. He was on edge. I'm like, well, like, what is this guy doing? Now, he's, he's happy that. They gave him a jersey and he can play. I'm like, all right, whatever. That was uh that was that was weak. That was weak. That was weak. And his suit is the same, just black, which that's all his US agent suit is. Um I don't know, bruh. I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't even Nah. What about Yuri and Bucky? Yeah, that was sad. Yeah, that was sad. That was I'm glad that they didn't show Yuri um crying. Saying whatever he had to say to Bucky. Because, like, if he would have forgave Bucky, I don't think I would have been cool with that. Because, like, you just found out this dude murdered your son. So, I'm glad they didn't show it. Because if they had showed it, I would have been like, this is horrible. I'm happy they didn't show Yuri break down. I can't see that. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was bad enough that they showed Bucky actually tell him that the Winter Soldier murdered him. And that was me. And it's like, fuck. Yeah, that was tough. That was tough. But I'm glad that that he gave Yuri that closure. And then I guess he gave everybody that closure because he left the book, Cap's book, by the way, with his therapist, with everything uh, crossed out. So I guess he's made amends to everyone. So that concludes, uh, well, it doesn't conclude Bucky's story because we end up seeing him back in Louisiana. Um, But this takes us to Sam going back to Baltimore again for the third time to uh, have a conversation between caps and Isaiah's proud of Sam. He saw what he said on a uh, television, that, that great speech that he gave. Um, he tells him that the GRC is backing away on certain plans that they were making. 
Uh, he's he's very very proud of Sam Wilson. Even tells him he's special. You know that part was cool because it, it it shocked Sam. It he was taken aback by it, and he said thank you. Um, what you think about their their whole interaction? In now this, this interaction was this is one I said like all right when you see Sam as Cap it pulls at your heartstrings when he has that speech it pulls at your heartstrings but when you see Isaiah and how he watched it and like it for a man as hard as he is how that. That brought him the tip. I was crying during this part too, by the way. This was uh this was actually the third time I cried. And then when they go No th- second. And then when they just go when they're sitting in the back and they're having a speech and he's like, yo, you did good. Son. He's like telling like, yo, you did good. And Sam broke down to him like, yo, we helped build this country. We're here, like we no one's gonna tell me I can't fight for it. Like, no one's gonna no one. Yeah, when 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 Isaiah says to him, so a black Captain America, and Sam says to him, damn right. Man, man. It was that scene, and actually, it was it was another scene earlier. I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Um, no, you good. It was another scene earlier when Sam, when, when John tries to save the people, then the Flag Smashers jump in, and then the people are falling, and then Sam saves them. And then you have the, the older black dude in the crowd. And he's like, that's the Black Falcon. Then the yeah. other guy is like, nah, that's Captain America. Bawling, cry, tears everywhere, bruh. Like, like, it meant so much because it's like, all right, it's cool that he calls himself Captain America. But when other people are accepting it. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. So much better. So much better. Chef's kiss. Like, it was amazing. I, I really, really really enjoyed it. All right, I just had to talk about another one of the instances where I cried. All right, let's go back to Isaiah and Sam. Damn, Daryl. Hope you had some Kleenex with you, bro. Yeah, man. Yo, bro, this shit, this this episode fucked me up, bro. <laughs> fucked me yeah. up. Unlike any... That's why I gave it 11, bro. It, like, it pulled that so many heartstrings of mine. I was like, I was watching it. And I was like, damn, bro, this is this is emotional. Yeah. Yeah. And then Sam yeah. takes Elijah and Isaiah to the Isaiah Bradley Memorial at the Smithsonian. Yes. Oh man, come on, man, come on. And then you see you see Isaiah tear up, and he hugs Sam. Psh, bruh. He's like, no one's ever going to forget what you've done for this country. Man, they'll never forget. I was like, and you just see his story, and he's like, like there was one more, like there was one more. Yeah, that shit is crazy. That's just crazy. Like he, like he finally feels like he will be accepted for what he's done. Yeah, you know, people get to know his story. He's gonna be recognized now. Like, like what? What I'm really gonna enjoy is when we when we get that MCU movie and we get that scene because mm-hmm. we got a scene in Homecoming when Peter is in class and he's answering questions and you see over the top of the blackboard the pictures of all the brilliant minds. And you see Bruce Banner's up there as one of those. I, yeah. I can't wait until someone in passing or you see a picture of him or something of Isaiah Bradley, you know, cause now he's going to be in their history books in this universe. You know, that's, that's super important for me, even though it's not like our actual history, it's super big for me that he's going to be a part of their history. That's, that's so dope. And I can't wait until that's recognized. And, 
Um, I can't wait to see what happens with Elijah. Like, super excited for Elijah going forward now. Do you think they're gonna hit him with the substance abuse issue? Uh, ooh, from from Young Avengers Volume One. Um, yeah, nah, I don't think so because this is Disney and Disney don't get down like that. <laughs> um, nah, I, I, yeah, I think um, I think they'll go more along the lines of an accident. It is such as some subject. It is. It, it definitely is. It definitely is. It raises um, the questions. Yeah, I could see. I could see them going more along the lines of teen vigilanteism, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, and then him getting hurt like that, and then needing the the transfusion. Um, but I I don't know. I don't. I know he's definitely in the cards though. Um, Elijah. Is is definitely look. This is the third Young Avenger that we don't got. We got Wicked and Speed and WandaVision. Now we got Elijah here. I mean, I'm I'm kind of hoping that we get a young Nathaniel Richards in Loki, and we we can get Iron Lad going. Uh, but yeah, the the Isaiah Bradley stuff. I mean, I can't talk about it enough. It's it's easily my favorite aspect of this entire series of my entire phase four MCU, Isaiah Bradley's my favorite addition to the entire thing. Really cool. Really cool. Um, so after the, um, memorial, we go back to Louisiana and then we continue the theme of Bucky and black people. It's going strong. Like Bucky trying to get him some of that serve. Yeah. Right. You see him lifting up like three kids with the vibranium Mm -hmm. while he kicking game. He's trying to show Sarah he's strong like bull. Yeah. <laughs> he white wolf. A white wolf. Out of control. Bucky out here hunting. Oh, man. Um, and then we get the new title. It changes from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then we see that the show has been renamed Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Um, this was I didn't cry at this part, but I teared up when it changed to Captain America. Um, now, do we think that it should still be the Winter Soldier, or should that have changed as well? What, Bucky Barnes? Captain America and Bucky, Captain America and the White Wolf. Um, is he still the Winter Soldier? He I, may- think he, I, think he's, I think he still continues with that motto. The Winter Soldier? Yeah. Yeah? I mean, it seemed like he was trying to make amends and not be the winter soldier anymore in the beginning. Like that seems I think like he, I think he was trying to get the weight off. Even though he's not the winter soldier, he still knows that's a part of him. Okay. Okay. Yeah, cuz when he's talking to Yuri, he's he's making a, yeah, he's he's conceit and that well he says that was me. I don't know, bro. I don't know. I don't. I feel like Bucky. I feel like both of them should have gone through transformations. I think they both did, really. Um, and and as even beyond titles and mantles, I think that they uh they went through personal transformations. Sam is, I mean, he's Captain America now, and more than just a title and and everything that comes with that, the responsibilities, and he's there. He's it. And yeah. I, and I think Bucky uh. Went through some changes as well. I think Bucky is finally accepting to be a part of society. 
Like you just like you said, when he walks in and they're like, Hey Sergeant, hey Sergeant. Yeah, Sergeant Barnes. I said, What? I said like, this nigga. <laughs> he killed people for a hundred years. He's a POW. Here you here we go. POW. He's a POW. He's a P- <laughs> yeah. My man got the biggest pension in history. Killing it. Killing it. Literally and figuratively. James Buchanan Barnes. Shit. Wait, how many years of um back pay is that? Shit. They lost him in like nineteen forty two. And they didn't clean they didn't purge him of the winter soldier shit until like what twenty eighteen? So Bro. That, that's a that's a lot. <laughs> Bro. That's a lot of back pay. That's a lot of back pay. With inflation. Shit. Bucky Let's not talk about his bank account. We talked about it last <laughs> week. We talked about it this week. We know Bucky's good. Bucky ain't struggling. That man doesn't need a loan. <laughs> he lives in New York. And he lives, he lives in Brooklyn, where, where Steve couldn't get an apartment, which is wild. Damn. All right. Um. So Sharon Carter gets her pardon. We talk, We kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. Yeah. You know, she gets the pardon. And along with the pardon, she is reinstated to her old agency. I'm going to assume that's the CIA and not S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, she calls somebody. Or she's going to S.W.O.R.D. Oh, you think so? Could be. I don't know if they'll put her that close with Fury. Because if she's that close to Fury, I don't know how she can be the power broker. Fury will sniff that shit out. I don't know, man. Fury can be just distracted. Dealing with global shit. Oh, shit. I mean, solar, solar, galactic shit. So what, we gonna put her in a secret invasion? Could be. I'm just throwing shit at the wall. Word, word. Uh, I think that concludes the episode. Now, before we sign off... We got a little bit of news, like literally right after the premiere. So Malcolm Spellman, the writer, the showrunner, head writer of Falcon Winter Soldier, has been tapped to write with someone else. Uh, I will have the person's name up next week. Um, Captain America 4. It's in the works. Sam Wilson will be returning as Captain America. Um... And I think in this movie, I'm going to guess. In this movie, I'm going to say Joaquin Torres is going to be the Falcon or become the Falcon. And Elijah Bradley is going to be, and Isaiah are both going to be in the movie as well. I'm sitting here trying to process this shit. Like, they really don't got many Sam Wilson stories in the comics to pull from, so they can go anywhere with it. Oh yeah, yeah, they can go anywhere with it. So, but I, but, but I am excited for it though. I am excited. I think I'm happy. He deserves it, just like everybody else. He put his time in. Anthony Mackie put his time in. It's it's well overdue. This is the biggest show they had on Nielsen's. This is the biggest show they've had on Disney Plus. Even beat, yeah, even beat Mandalorian season one and season two. Oh, wow. All right, so we've got six weeks in between this episode and the start of Loki. So we got to figure out what we're going to do. We're still going to be coming out with episodes, still going to be recorded, but we got to figure out what we're going to do. Um, 
I heard one rumor today that I don't know if I want to mention it now or save it for the next week's episode because it kind of factors into something um, that I was thinking about talking about, about these mantles being passed. What is it? I kind of want to hear it. Well, okay. So along with the announcement of Captain America 4, which, by the way, none of these are official Marvel Studios announcements, but they've been released to the outlets. But along with Captain America 4, another Captain America film is supposed to be in the works as well. And that Captain America film it's a, is supposed to involve the return of Chris Evans as Steve Rogers. As Hydra? I have no idea. Just just the return of Steve Rogers. That's that's all it says. That's what it's supposed to be. So Yeah. Wait, where did you hear this one at? This rumor. Oh, this was one of the reports. It's on on I think it's in like every outlet right now. CBR, comicbook.com. Uh and I think they all get their shit from like variety and all of that. Um but I don't know. I don't know. I kind of just wanted to mention it. I don't really want to dive into it too much. But uh something we can talk about next week. Original sin? Man on the moon? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll talk about that. All right. Because right. I don't, because like, let's talk about it next week. All right. <laughs> All right. So this is episode 14 of the One Below None, the Superior Hero Shows podcast dedicated to covering MCU. Um, signing off this two man show. I'm Daryl. I'm Sean. And we'll see you next week. Peace. I'm out. Thanks for listening. The One Below None is the Superior Hero Show's podcast covering all things MCU. It can be found on Apple, Spotify, Google, and anywhere else you find podcasts under the Superior Hero Show. We look forward to any and all feedback, so please share, like, listen, and comment by following at the Superior Hero Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.